This episode of the Out of Bounds Podcast is sponsored by Fisher Skis, and you can visit them at www.fishersports.com. Hello, hello, hello. My name is Adam. This is the Out of Bounds Podcast, and today we have none other than Josh Dyack on the show. And holy shit, uh, Josh is the best. I'm super excited about this episode. I keep saying I'm super excited, and Joe called me out for it the other day when he was editing the episodes, and I apologize for saying I'm so excited, but... I'm fucking pumped for this one. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Josh is the most underrated skier in the sport as far as I'm concerned. So go check out Mountain State 2.0. Listen to the pod. I hope you enjoy it. And then uh, let me know what you think. It's uh, I had a good time with this one. The audio is a little different than normal, but or maybe it's a little more normal lately, but we're back. We got a new setup and stuff so stuff will start to change a little bit audio wise um, but this episode is so good nonetheless so before we jump into that we have a couple sponsors for today's show one of them being aspen snowmass if you want to go ski the most uninterrupted terrain in the industry potentially definitely in colorado go to aspen snowmass for more information you can go to gosnowmass.com Super easy to fly into Aspen Airport. There's direct flights from most major hubs, and it is uh, it's some of the best skiing you'll ever do in your life. So, gosnomass.com, get all the info you need, and I'll see you out there. Can't wait. I'm so excited. It's uh, it's time. So, without further ado, here's my friend and yours, Josh Dyack. Tell people who you are, a little bit about yourself, and then we can kind of take from there. Cool. My name's Josh Dyack. I'm, uh, I like to call myself a professional ski bum because, <laughs> uh, I make my living in the summer as a carpenter and yeah, my whole motto in life is work hard, play hard. That's kind of, kind of my gig. Um, nice. Yeah. That's in a nut, how in a nutshell. How did you get into the carpentry side of things? Like, why was that your route? Was it just because you could ski all winter and like make enough money in the summer to support that? Or like, what, what was the plan there? Uh, it just kind of fell into my hands from a young age. My dad owns a architectural shop in Michigan where I grew up, uh, just outside of Detroit. And so I grew up working in the shop, probably, I think like age 14, building cabinets and doing custom trims and moldings and really learning, uh, fine finish work. And then, uh, so I did that all through high school and, um, it was pretty cool actually, like before CNCs and learning to, uh, what am I trying to say? Doing radius work and building stuff with shapers and things that uh, are kind of obsolete now but uh, doing like cathedral ceilings and churches and all sorts of crazy shit. So it was a good way to uh, cut my teeth. And then uh, when I moved out West, uh, I got a job with uh, a contractor and learned kind of more of the rough aspect and framing and building decks and foundations and all that. So nowadays I can build a house dirt to finish. So it's it's a good thing. Good thing to have in the back pocket. It's hard on the body, but uh, born blue collar and 
always will be blue collar <laughs> and uh you know i'm in a way i'm super proud of that you know like i work super yeah. hard in everything i do and it's just kind of my the only way i know yeah do you like doing it i do it's hard on the body that's the only the only crappy part um but i really do enjoy it um you know, taking, especially when you, you're going from nothing and then creating something that's beautiful, almost like a piece of art, um, right. as well as, uh, you know, when we do remodels, same thing, you take like some turd and then just make something really nice out of it. And like I was saying with my, my dad's company, I grew up doing like super fine finish and, you know, it's kind of a right. lost art. Um, and people don't have the eye or the patience for it and, um, I take a lot of pride in my work and so, yeah, I do, I do enjoy, you know, it's a job. It's like any other job yeah. you get frustrated and annoyed and all the other things. But at the end of the day, when you look at what you've built, created that, yeah, I, I enjoy it. I think that's super rewarding. When, when does that stop for you? Like, when do you put a hard halt to actually like working when does winter or like professional athlete season begin like and that's got to be a hard thing to like decide i don't know how you want to do that yeah dude i'm counting down the days <laughs> um <laughs> i typically cut it off at thanksgiving okay yeah so i got like three weeks left basically or a little over two weeks i should say um but I've been working for the same guy since I moved here. So I've been working for him for 21 years. No shit. You've been out there that long. Yep. Been in Tahoe for 21 years. Moved here straight out of high school. But what I was getting to is, uh, for example, right now I'm building a kitchen for this house. We're just, we just, uh, finished exterior. We're going inside and I'm building the kitchen for it right now. And, you know, I know, I'm going to be pushing into December with that. And it's just kind of like my boss yeah. is so cool though. It's like, if I got it, you know, if it starts snowing, which is supposed to next week, I'll go ski and come in and work nights. And you know, my schedule is super flexible and he knows my routine. It, like I said, I've been working for him for 21 years. So it's no surprises when the snow starts flying, I'm a little more absent, but I make it up at night and, sure. you know, just make it all happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be a grind. I mean, I think there's a million professional skiers. I feel like that have a second gig. Yeah. And I think some of them like it. Some of them are like, here's my new copy paste job for the summer that I'm just going to do. So I can pay bills. So I feel like it's cool to have something that is actually like most people just call a career, you know, like being a carpenter is a job that you could hang your hat on comfortably and feel proud of like regardless of the ski career yeah definitely and i mean if i if i fully committed to that career path here in tahoe or any other resort town i'd say like you can make a killing you can make a really good living for sure but uh i'm just kind of half-assed in it because of the ski thing <laughs> <laughs> because of the ski thing yeah um, I'm addicted to hilarious that. To be a, <laughs> hilarious to be a professional skier and call it the ski. Thing. Right. Um, <laughs> let me let me ask you a Tahoe question then. How you've been there 21 years? You said how has Tahoe changed since you first got there? Oh man, I think uh, 
South Shore, where I live on the south side of the lake, is uh, really got the worst end of that. North Shore has always been more expensive, more populated, uh, kind of the place everyone wants to be. Um, south Lake, I really, I've said for years to friends and other people who don't know about this place, it's like, I felt like it was the last standout, like the last place where you could affordably live in a mountain town. Like compared to, if you look around the country, like any other place, a Jackson or a Vail or, you know, it's yeah. all just like, it's not even reasonable for this e-bum to go live, find a job, buy a house, etc. So long-winded way of saying, since COVID, Southlake got infiltrated. We went from a population of like, under 10,000 to now we're like 25,000 or something like that. <laughs> and you know, it's, it's tough because it, good luck buying a house, you know, good luck, you know, I, you know, my wife and I were looking at properties this summer and full teardowns for over a half mil. And it's like, this is, and I'm a carpenter and I'm like, I can fix stuff and I got a good eye. I'm like, oh yeah, I can I'm a good mechanic. I can do all the stuff and fix things. But you're like, this is just a full teardown. This is like scabbed together, falling down, like really 600K for a teardown. So now you're at 600K before you even, for a lot that you have to demo. Oh man, it's, it's tough. So that's the negative side of things on the positive side of things. Um, the city down here has been making big strides and uh, with the community and uh, really all the infrastructure and pulling together like uh, farmers markets and uh, free concert series and all that kind of stuff is really cool and uh, really brings the community together and, um, you know, just, uh, I guess, more facilities and things that are just bringing the community together. So. On that side of things, sure. that's, I'd say that's positive, but, uh, you know, it's inevitable going to happen everywhere. There's more and more humans and yeah. what are you going to do? Everyone wants to be here. You can't blame anyone. I'm not from here. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like... Yeah, I know. It's like nobody's from here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not like people stay and die in the same spot very often. And if they do, it's like, all right, then you go back generationally and you're like, all right, well, nobody was really from here, from here. It is what it is. Like, we're going to deal with that shit no matter what. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's it's crazy to see how much it's blown up, though, over the last few years in particular, because, like, people can work from home. Like, they, people that used to have to be in the office five days a week now have to be in the office one day a week. And, like, some of that is going away, but... I don't know. There's a lot of pushback. Like people are like, Oh, we did our jobs working from home. Why do we have to go in now? Like, so it's, it's making living like people just live where they want to be. Right. And you can't fault them for that. If they got the money to do it, then fuck it. Like they got the money to do it. It's just that we don't have the money to do it. Exactly. Dude. I can't blame them. I would do the same exact thing. And Oh, a hundred percent. If I had a billion bucks, like ready to go to go buy a place. Sure. Like why the fuck not? Exactly. Like, what are you going to say? Yeah, like you can't be a hater in that respect, but it's like it just is the situation that everyone's in. Yeah, and it, like I was saying, it's affecting all mountain towns, and uh, yeah, it's tough. It's making it hard for locals and people who've lived here a long time, and 
you know, we're all kind of getting pushed out and strong armed out of our home. And it's like, again, I can't, can't blame people, but it's, it's really hard uh, to sit there and not blame people. Yeah, know, you're like, exactly. it's like, I don't blame. If I was you, I would do the same thing, but fuck you at the yeah. same time. Like, that's exactly what it is. Exactly. I got a, a neighbor a couple doors down that's definitely tech guy. And, you know, he's got, uh, he's just buying new shit all the time. New, brand new, <laughs> freaking $600,000 boats and like, snowmobiles and all the shit and he's like yeah lived here for four years this place is great blah 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 and i'm like (laughs) i like you you're a nice guy but fuck you (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah it's just how it is for some people like there's nothing you can do about it exactly and uh what are you gonna do yeah there's yeah literally nothing yeah so on that note ski bum lifestyle you think is kind of going by the wayside in a lot of these towns like i think you know people talk about 15 20 years ago they were able to just like live out of their car or like you know work at a diner at night and like be able to pay their bills and ski all that like i just don't that seems like so impossible to me in 2023 for that to be like a continuing thing yeah and just like you know i think ski bum lifestyle as well as like committed to skiing like i've always like i've always only worked in the summers since i moved here like i told my boss day one when he hired me i'm like i'm taking winters off and so it's like <laughs> save money you know general ideas you like nest all that money save that money and then over the winter you deplete all those funds <laughs> <laughs> or it's like the other route would be like working like a a night job bartending or serving or something like that. But, you know, good luck at this point. I think, I think the average, like if you just, let's say you got a house with your buddies and you just want to have one room, pay for one room. Average is probably like 1500 bucks. So yeah, for sure. Per month. Um, so 1500 bucks per month doing nighttime serving like and yeah that's just like the math doesn't add up yeah you're not doing yeah even if you did fuck all for the rest of the time like you're still that money is barely there exactly and it's like yeah so i do i think the ski bum lifestyle and the the idea of just bumming and making it just to ski every day is getting harder and harder and Luckily, you know, I wouldn't be able to pull it if I didn't have help from Solomon. So, yeah. Yeah. How long have you been with Solomon, though? Dude, I've been with Solomon a decade now. It's crazy. No shit. Yeah. Good for you. Yeah, it's nuts. I didn't get signed with Solomon until I was I was 29 years old. And no shit. at that point, <laughs> I'd been competing for 10 years. And I was kind of like at the point where I was pretty much over it. And then, you know, stars aligned, things happened, whatever. I'm like, holy shit, who gets sponsored at 29? What? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. this is insane. <laughs> like, oldest guy that ever gets sponsored, you know? And uh, <laughs> and here I am a decade later, I've 
never would have guessed it. And, you know, I turned 40 this past year. And to be honest with you, I don't, I don't feel like my skiing is getting any worse or that, you know, I'm no, I don't think so. <laughs> I'm like still progressing and getting better and strong and all the things. So yeah, I'm going to keep going, charging as hard as I can, as long as I can. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, what changes for you? Like, how do you keep that up over that period of time? Have you just done nothing and you're skiing to stay the same until you're 40 fucking years old? Like, or is it just like, what work are you putting in to make sure that that stays the same? Because I agree with you. Like, I I think if anything, your skiing has gotten better in the time that I've watched it. Like, Mountain State 2.0 just came out. And, like, some of the shit that's in there is fucking insane. So, like, I don't... Tell me what it is that keeps you motivated to keep yourself in shape, and how do you do that? Yeah, I think it's easiest answer is passion, man. I just yeah, I love skiing, and um, you know, I guess there's some things you know that I'm still trying to progress in, um, but for the most part, I I guess it's just like. I've, I feel like I've always kind of had the same mindset and just like want to charge lines and ski rowdy shit. And I think as you get older and more experienced, you start to understand, you know, you just become better at it. So you know what you can get away with, what actually lines up. Like when I was younger, even when I was competing, you know, I was still learning to ski essentially growing up in Michigan, yeah. you know. I didn't really start to learn to ski till I was like in my twenties. So, um, so I think, you know, just that combination of just being passionate and being driven, like, you know, I always want to push myself. I always want to like find my limit and push myself to that limit and always do better, always do more. You know, I, a lot of my buddies make fun of me and, you know, I was hanging out with Stan Ray last week at the film premiere and he's like, dude, I stayed with you for six weeks and I think you took two days off the entire time. <laughs> he's like, I take like two days off every week. And I'm like, dude, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, I got some emails to take care of or something like that. And then I'm like, I'm not ADD, but it's almost like ADD in a way where I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a day off. I'll try and take days off and then I'll get to like one o'clock and I'll be like, all right, well, yeah. <laughs> looking out the window, I can see snow on the mountains. I'm going skiing. What else am I going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Stop. Yeah. Just got, that's funny. It. yeah, that's, uh, I don't know. There's not a lot of people I think that are as passionate about the sport. It's a hard thing to like measure and be like, Oh, it's like Josh is the most passionate person in the entire world. But like, it's, it does seem, and I think it shows in everything that you do that you like actually just really care about going skiing. You just actually really like it. Sometimes I talk to people and like, you can tell, or they will tell me that they don't even like skiing anymore. They're like, I'm just good at it. I don't like it anymore well just like this is a hilarious thing to be saying right yeah that's insane i and i don't know why you would do it if you didn't love it and i guess their answer has always been i just i don't know i'm good at it i can get paid from it and that's the end of the story right i wish that was my case (laughs) 
but uh, I guess I mean you like it, like you get that feeling from it still. I think that's right. that's the most important thing. You're People right. try to chase that and get that back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. I was just thinking about the oh, I'm just naturally good at it, and money just comes at me. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, sign me yeah. up for that, I don't bro. Know if it's that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if it's not, and I don't know if any of these people are like, no one's making it rich in skiing. Like the people that make the most in the ski industry are still like, you know, not rich people in any means. They're not buying houses in Tahoe on, like, you know, on land for sure. Sure. Yeah, it's just how it goes. Um, how did you start? Like from Michigan? Like how did? How did you start actually getting into it to the point where you were like, okay, I'm going to move west and this is what I'm going to do? Um, I guess there's a number of things. Um, a pivotal moment for me was Johnny Mosley, 360 mute grab. Was that 94? I honestly don't remember. I think it was 90. I wasn't born yet. <laughs> oh, shit, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I'm 95, baby. I have no fucking idea what happened before 95 on the dot. Yeah, I forget. I could be wrong. It might have been 96. But uh, Johnny Mosley with that mute grab three in the Olympics when he won the gold medal, I was just like, that was like mind-blowing, like the coolest shit I'd ever seen. And, you know, I always enjoyed – I didn't really follow skiing. We'd uh, watch the Olympics. I'd watch it with my pops and my brothers. And, you know, it was like, oh, the mogul event is cool, freestyle, you know. Um yeah. And he did that 360 mute, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> That's the coolest thing I've ever seen. I want to learn a 360 now. <laughs> and so I remember from then on, I started, like, paying more attention and wanting to, you know, find every little jump and try 360s off of it. And, um, and then my brother came home one day from he was in college and he came home one day with the ski movie and i think it was six cents an old matchstick mm-hmm. film and he's like yeah, yeah he's like dude check this out and the the new canadian air force was on fire dude jp jf mike douglas vinnie dorian these guys were shane zox just uh so inspiring you know it was so cool yeah to see them doing all these tricks and stuff that I couldn't even comprehend or never seen or never thought of or et cetera. And, uh, you know, I just watched this stuff and then it was the same time that, you know, the park revolution was happening. So even in Michigan at the little 200 foot hill that I grew up skiing, um, they were starting to push up jumps and make terrain park features. And it was just such a cool time. And, I was like learning new tricks every day, threes and then like fives and then sevens. And this is when I was in uh, probably junior, junior and senior year. I started, I joined the ski team so I could take the bus to the local hill and uh, yeah, started hitting all the jumps and figuring out tricks. And I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. I just want to do this every day. And I was talking to my cousin who lived in Tahoe and he's like, dude, you should come out here. I was like, well, I got to go to college. Like any kid in high school thinks you're like, well, I need to go to college. He's like, there's a community college just down the street. You can go to college and go skiing every day. I was like, no way. Sick. He's like, yeah, (laughs) like I got an extra room. Come stay with me. I was like, dude, I'm in. So 
my senior year on spring break, all my buddies were like going to Cancun. They're like, you want to go? I was like, I'm going to go to Lake Tahoe and go skiing. <laughs> so <laughs> for my spring break, all my buddies were getting hammered and whatever else partying on the beach. I came to Tahoe and went skiing out at Kirkwood and Heavenly and, you know, just was mind blown. And, uh, after spending my first season out here, man, I was like, never looked back. You know, this place is mental. So such a beautiful place and so much to do from skiing and biking and climbing to running to sports on the lake and everything else. You know, it's like, it's a field day. Choose your, yeah. choose your adventure. What do you want to do? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's a beautiful place. It's a beautiful community. It's like you couldn't ask for a better place to like call home, especially when you're like making this as your career. Yeah, definitely. And I'm very fortunate to be here and to love it here, man. I I can't really picture too many places that are this epic, you know, can pretty much ski tour out the door, bike from the door, snowmobile from the door. It's like living why people want to live there dude that's yeah, why exactly. people want to live there it's like that's why it costs so much goddamn money exactly so that's awesome that's awesome yeah it's crazy to think that like you were watching new canadian air force and like you're on the same team as douglas now. yeah dude. it's also crazy that douglas is still like as relevant as ever what a freaking legend man that guy's such a <laughs> badass and nicest guy ever too man nicest guy ever yeah yeah L- for sure love that dude just genuine genuinely good guy and uh yeah i mean he was part of the reason that i ended up on solomon in a way because uh they were looking for athletes for their uh for solomon free ski tv and douglas that was his brainchild right and he did however many like a decade of solomon free ski tv episodes and uh yeah they were looking for someone to film for that stuff and i happened to win the tour the year that they were looking for someone to fill that spot and met met uh those guys in mount baker just by chance and you know they hit me up that summer like hey you still still looking for a sponsor yep no shit what was that feeling like man i was I can't even describe the excitement, man. The that's just like, you know, something I've been working so hard for. And like I kind of said earlier when we were chatting, like I was ready to walk away. I'd been competing for a decade, podiums, like winning comps, you know, all the things that the only way that I knew how I could get there, you know, like we were, I didn't know anybody in the industry. I didn't, I wasn't at Squaw Valley or sorry, uh, Palisades. So I wasn't homies with Gaffney. He wasn't just going to like bring me onto the team. Um, yeah. I didn't live in Jackson, so I wasn't getting brought on the TGR scene. And to me, the only route was to do the comp. And like I said, man, I was on the grind paying out of pocket for a decade. Yeah. And while, go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, um, to fill in that story a little more, 
I met uh, Casey Dean um, through ski comps, and he's like, dude, you should come shoot photos with me and my buddy Grant Gunderson. I was like, all right. And so that's what landed me in Mount Baker. And then uh, they were filming an episode for Free Ski TV. I was like, oh, like, I met all Cody and Chris Rubens, and uh, I think Abma was there. And I was like, hey, can I just, like, tag along with you guys? And they're kind of like, no, dude, we're filming. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, well, (laughs) like, you guys were shooting photos with Gunderson, too. Like, maybe after you guys go like ski and do your thing. I'll just take the leftovers and try and get a photo. And they're like, eh, I guess so. And then, uh, there's this cliff. I, I sent this like probably like 50 foot backflip and just got like this crazy wind that caught my tips. And I totally ate shit right in front of everyone. That <laughs> <laughs> was my first shot with them. And they're like, well, wait, what's up with this guy? This guy's a maniac. <laughs> and uh but then i ended up they're like well that was pretty rowdy like why don't you come film with us the rest of the day and uh got a bunch of good shots and they're like oh wait this guy can ski like why don't you film with us the rest of the week and uh that was kind of my foot in the door it was just by chance in the right place at the right time and yeah the rest is uh history Deuter is a sponsor of the Out of Bounds podcast, and I cannot tell you how much I use Deuter products. It is, I say Deuter products, and it sounds like a generic ad read, but like I use, I have 20 Deuter bags, and every one of them I use for a different purpose. I have like a weird bag fetish, and I have for a while, and the stuff is just so dialed. I have a bag for basically every need that I could want, whether I needed an Abby bag. I need a bag for regular backcountry touring for lightweight bag setup for honestly like bicycle touring. Um, they make some awesome frame bags, handlebar bags, and saddle bags, and even just travel. I mean, their duffel bags are the best. They're my favorite. I have like one of every size of every color, and it is awesome. So if you want to get yourself a new bag, go to deuterusa.com or deuter.com, D E U T E R today let me ask you this then to kind of pick back up if you you're doing this all again in 2023 right say you started all over is it in your mind more difficult to kind of take that professional skier avenue in current time or when you started because i think there's there's a very good argument for both yeah it's kind of tough i think i feel like to just answer the question, I would say it's probably harder these days, but I also think, and I say it's harder because there's a bigger talent pool, right? There's all these kids brought up in the free ride programs now. Like we're seeing the first generation yeah. of the free ride programs and it shows on the free ride tour. It's like all these kids yeah. grew up from under 10 years old learning to jump off cliffs, hit jumps and spin and flip, yada, yada, yada. So the talent pool is a lot bigger, but I think these days with social media, if you can be creative and come up with some sort of cool content idea or like with a YouTube channel or something like that and create a following, 
then it's kind of like in your hands. Like you can create a position for yourself and create value for yourself where in the past, like I was saying to you, is like if you weren't filming, if you weren't like buddies with the filmer or the photographer, then good fucking luck. Because, like I said, I was... Yeah, like, who are you? The other avenue, as I was always told, was, like, the free ski tour. And I was doing the tour. I was podiums and everything else. And it was like, no one gave a shit. Or like, well, watch the... Yeah. Did you see Sage in the TGR film? Like, (laughs) like, yeah, I've been watching that for a long time. But, like, can anyone else get a turn or... Yeah. <laughs> Why don't you just keep doing cops? <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's weird. And I, I ask because it's like, yeah, you, you say that, like you talk about, you have to know somebody to kind of get into it because otherwise people just don't know who you are. Like you're in the film or you're not in the film, right? Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people that were great skiers like got lost basically in the mix because of that reason, right? They didn't get that opportunity. They didn't like throw a 50 foot backflip and eat shit and then, <laughs> you know, get noticed that day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think that doesn't happen for everybody. So there's a lot of people that disappeared. Now it's like you can create one viral reel or whatever. And people are like paying attention to you all of a sudden. Like it doesn't take very much. Like, and it's just, it, obviously the skiing has to be there. You have to be a big skier. Like you have to be committed to it to a certain extent, but there's plenty of people who are, okay skiers but way better content creators and that's what ends up taking center stage a lot of times yeah and you know i think that almost falls right in line with what we were just talking about about tech world and like people coming to the mountain towns and it's like you can't it's the same thing yeah yeah but at the same time it's just frustrating and like you know Mm -hmm. to your point when you're seeing you know, like I said, I had to grind to get where I'm at and had to pay so many dues. So I'm like, I can't help but be a little bit like a slight bit of animosity <laughs> when someone's like not even a very good gear and they're like fully sponsored and their only job is just making social media posts. And I'm like, man, yeah, fuck that. But at the same time, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, you would do that. Good on you because. You're yeah. you're making it happen. You got the drive, and you're you're uh, coming up yeah. with creative ideas, and you know. So, like I said, kind of want to hate, but kind of no ground to stand on because someone's pulling it off, and they're yeah. not a good skier. Or what I think is a good skier, then in a way, more power to you. Yeah. Trying not to be a hater, yeah. you know. I think it's- <laughs> No, I, I get it. I get it. it. It's it's a difficult thing. And I, I like go through that same thing and I get frustrated with it, even with our own content. It's like if I go and do a voiceover, say, right, like it'll get we'll get across all platforms like a few million views. And I'm like, OK, cool, dude, your voice. But like, I'll go and make content. I care about do their dog shit. Your I don't care what says fucking hilarious, like, bro. <laughs> I'm just doing it, but like that's, I think I only can do them because I do this podcast. So, like, I'm used to just talking. So, I just talk on a fucking clip. But anyway, that shit is easy. It takes no effort for me. Right. But the shit that I like doing, the shit that we actually create, the shit that takes effort that I want to be good, 
we'll do fucking terrible numbers. And I'll just be like, what the fuck world do we live in where like the shit that I wanted to work out that I'm working really hard at that is good content or whatever. Right. Gets like trumped by this fucking voiceover that I did in my bathroom at seven in the morning. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, it's uh even with like viral style content these days, it's like you remember the first time you saw Travis Pastrana do a double backflip on a dirt bike? Like literally like holding the skull fragments so it didn't explode out. Yeah. And now it's like yeah. every pro moto guy's doing dub backs and you're just kinda like strolling through like nah. Yep. Boring. So, yeah, it's fine. Seen that. Like, yeah. Like what? Dude just did a double backflip on a motorcycle, bro. That's insane. I uh, know. Shit is mental. We're all just so uh we're all so numb to it all. I think. For better yeah. or worse, it is what it is, I guess. But uh it is what it is. There's a lot of ways to sell product now, you know, and I think that's what like that's what media is, that's what athlete is, like to a certain extent. It's like that's how we all get paid. It's like we get paid because of our ability to represent a brand and like kind of push things in a certain direction and the content does matter to an extent but i hope it never gets to a point where it's like okay how good of a skier doesn't you are doesn't matter at all right, right? and we're just in the content pool i think like those two things need to work in unison really well and there's there's some people that do a really good job at it and there's some people that are like okay whatever like uh, i'll do one thing or the other and that's fine too yeah yeah i hear you um Yeah, I guess I don't have a lot more to say on it, but uh, yeah, I I think there's always gonna be there's always gonna be the spot for the the best skiers and the good skiers, and that's you know what we're all looking forward to seeing and watching um, the other stuff, the content creators that are not as good. What What are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah. That is what it is. And there's some people that are making a killing, and I've talked about it a million times, that are like really good creators and excellent skiers, right? It's like, yep. they're it just, it is what it is. Like some people find a lane and they make it work. Like Cody has the 50. It's like, yeah, that was what I was thinking of. The dude is fucking, the dude is, like, it's a perfect example is the 50 or like what Nikolai Shermer's doing. Like you can take either one of those guys and go, okay, the content is phenomenal, but they're also like, phenomenal skiers and they're putting their lives on the line on a regular basis it feels like yeah and but you know managing risks and all that stuff but they're they're definitely they've figured out whatever the formula is that people want to see oh yeah and like that that that's really where it's like you have to give credit where it's due to people like that i've figured out the whole bit all together yeah it's not an easy thing right and coming up with creative ideas and coming up with creative content yeah, it's difficult man i i'm always just trying to rack my brain and come up with something new and unique and it's it's hard these days i mean what hasn't been done in skiing and it's so really what it boils down to is telling a new story and that's what inspired me yeah. with mountain state you know with uh nevada exploring and skiing nevada and you know it's that's been so fun, man. That's been such a cool project. And uh where yeah, where did this start? Where did this like Nevada obsession start? Like that was like 
I was like watching it. I'm like, I don't know when, when he got so deep into Nevada and like the mountains in Nevada. Like this is not a thing people are talking about right now. It's like it's just you, like in your echo chamber, just yelling about Nevada from the roof, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was funny. I was talking to uh, um, Travel Nevada, um, who's sponsored the film last year, and they're like, you know, we watched the film and it was. I was like, realized halfway through is like, you just wrote a love story about Nevada. <laughs> like, you're not <laughs> That's wrong. That's I had the same feeling. You're not wrong. Like, basically, we got here and we ended with, I love Nevada. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, sorry. So to back up and answer your question, um, it's simply kind of, as I said in the films, man, I used to compete. So back in the days, like, I'd be driving to Crested Butte and be driving to Utah to Snowbird and um, New Mexico to Taos. And it's like, you're always driving through Nevada to get to these places. And I'm just driving through all these ranges. And at this time in my life, I was a resort skier. But I'm like, man, how do you get on these? Like, how could you ski this stuff? How could you ski this stuff? And you know, as I've gotten older and I don't ski resort really anymore. And now it's like, I have the tools I need to access all this terrain. Um, and I've put my time in, in the mountains to, to get there and get good at it, you know, and get good at backcountry and backcountry awareness and all the things that go along with it. Um, and then I really started you know, I did like my first trip to the rubies and you're standing on top of a mountain and you're like, well, there's another mountain range over there. And then I started like looking at all these maps and then realized that Nevada's the most mountainous state in the lower 48. It's got over 300 ranges and it's like, holy shit, this is like lifetimes of skiing out here. And, mm. you know, I was just inspired. I'm inspired by a number of things with it. One the adventure and no one's out there. You're not going to see another soul for me. That's what I like when I go skiing. Like I get tired of going in the backcountry here in Tahoe. And then there's like 30 people in the skin track and you're like, yeah, fuck. Like I don't, don't want to go over other tracks. I don't want to see other tracks. I don't want to see other people. Um, the other thing is but the fact that there's no guidebook or any, bullshit like people think it's, yeah. it's funny because i don't have a single shot in either of those movies that's in the ruby mountains and people send me messages all the time like oh i saw you were in the ruby mountains in your <laughs> film and oh the ruby mountains i'm like motherfucker that was the point not to go to the ruby mountains I don't have a single <laughs> shot from the ruby mountains but uh you know there's just to me, that's what's fun. Like, I like cracking the code, as I like to say, you know, and it's not like I'm just going yeah. out there blind and like, oh, let's go see if there's stuff in this range. Like, I'm scouring over all these maps. I'm looking through the Google Earth and you kind of start to get a feeling for like what's going to be good. And so that it's like, okay, I think this face is going to be sick. Well, how do we get to that face? Okay, well, we got to take this highway. Yeah. And there's some dirt road and then you get to like do the Google street view in some spots and you're like, oh fuck, that dirt road is like 
private property, there's a there's a fence there or something or a gate. And then you're like, okay, can we get in through this access or how do we get closer? Do we have to fucking walk this whole way to get in there for one deep, you know? <laughs> so it's like all the troubleshooting and problem solving. Like I love that kind of stuff. And so going out there and just camping in the middle of nowhere, you know, figuring out how to approach and access these things is just like the whole accumulation of things is, addicting it's super rewarding and then when you get to stand on these peaks and you're just standing on a twelve thousand foot peak looking down seven thousand feet to the valley floor and to the desert where it's just brown you're like whoa <laughs> wild there's no one for a hundred two hundred miles like this is insane <laughs> yeah it's cool it's that's the coolest i think it's the epitome of backcountry skiing I mean, there's stuff like up in AK and BC, for, yeah, for yeah, sure. Yeah. That's the same way, but kind of for uh, you know lower 48, it's kind of the the bee's knees or the cat's pajamas. So let me <laughs> let me let me ask you this then: why why are you telling everybody? <laughs> why why are you like come to Nevada, come skiing in Nevada? Here's all the spots. You can see how obsessed you are yeah. with it in the film currently right now. Yeah. And just generally speaking, you can tell that you like, you love it and you love the process of it so much, but why you don't want other tracks there. You don't want, like you want to ski in a quiet place. Why are you putting it out there like that? Then? Well, very fair question. And to give you the simple answer, people are lazy and, yeah. and it yeah. ain't easy, man. <laughs> If you think you're just going to show up and like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to walk out to this peak, like, good luck to you. Have fun. Yeah, no <laughs> shot. Yeah. So I'm honestly yeah. not even... Yeah, it looks like it sucks ass. Like, it really looks like it sucks it's, ass, to be honest with it's you. It's a but... struggle fest, man. It's It ain't easy. But like I said, the reward when you, when you pay your dues and work hard to get something and then you get that reward, it's like so much better than like you know, just flooding to the top of a peak and you're like, oh, cool, let's ski down. And then you just like lap this thing on a snowmobile. You're like, yeah, that was really fun. But the reward, like nowhere, yeah, yeah. nowhere near the same as like putting in a ton of effort, a ton of research. And like I said, I'm not like giving away, like I'll name ranges that I'm at, but uh, if people find the stuff that I'm skiing, like more power to you. But uh yeah. I'm not concerned for a second, dude. We're deep in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> and yeah. And that no one's coming out there. No one's going to go out there. I mean, people, I think it's going to draw people into the rubies and some of the places that are easy, yeah. easier to access. But yeah, I'm not too concerned with the places I want to go. You know, there's still so much I haven't even skied that I'm still got pinned on the map. I got like pins all over Nevada. So. <laughs> Still more to do. And I'll take it. I love this obsession. I really do. Yeah. Thank you. Me too. It's super fun. And uh, I don't think I can make another film about it. I think people are over it, but. Uh... That's what I was just going to ask <laughs> is like, what do you do next year? Like, are you going to do another Nevada film? No, I can't. Um, I think next year, um, I'm looking at 
you know, Idaho, Oregon, Montana, Washington, there's a lot of places that are unexplored. NorCal, um, you know, there's so much that's known in towns around a lot of places, but there's so much that doesn't get skied and that isn't like talked about or very well known. And I shouldn't say it doesn't ever get skied. I'm sure there's some people out there that are doing the same thing I'm doing in Nevada in these places. But, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of places that are rarely skied if at all. And, uh, yeah, Matt, those are the spots I'm going. Look for me. You won't, yeah, you won't find me. I do. <laughs> no, <laughs> how, why is that such an obsession? I guess because one that's never everybody's so obsessed with finding like the most perfect untouched snow. And for you, it doesn't seem like the snow condition is actually that much of a factor. <laughs> like, if it's like if it's dog shit and it holds, that's cool. Yeah. Like, I'll go ski that and I got to ski that today. Like, that's it's just a very different outlook, I think, than what most people have. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, most people that grew up out west are jaded, dude. I'm like East Coasters For sure. style like For yourself, sure. you know? I grew up skiing on yeah. a hill that was under 200 feet on man-made ice snow. So I've got a little different perspective than others. And I competed for 10 years when most of the time we competed was dog shit ice snow. So, you know, I'm just <laughs> I'm used to shit conditions and I, I just don't really care like if it's if you can get an edge in you know i i'm not gonna yeah. pretend like i like just like chattering down something but if you can like get edge in and like carve a turn fuck yeah dude let's go um that's all you really need <laughs> and even like with firm landings as long as you got transition like you can hit 30 footers to firm snow like it's more predictable you're not like how landing how far back do i need to land Oh, don't land too centered. You're going to go over the bars. Like, firm landing, land like you're in the park. <laughs> I think this is, yeah, uh, for people listening, like, I think this is the way that you think. I don't necessarily think that this is advice for someone to just go try on their own. <laughs> right. No, it takes, uh, it takes, it might work. I'm sure it'll work in theory. In theory, it probably works really fucking good. Yeah. You know, it's like anything, it takes practice and, time in the field to know uh what you're getting yourself into but uh i mean that's my outlook and i think just like i said before it's having beta is nice and like oh yeah go to this turnout and then you're gonna go up this road but it's like take some of the exploration and, and adventure out of it and so i really like uh what's cool for me is like taking people like calling up Trevor, who's been in both films and being like, Trevor, what are you doing? Can, can you go in a couple of days? Can you go next week? Whatever it might be. And I was like, where are we going? It's just like, don't worry, dude. He's like, I'm not. <laughs> and just taking people to like random places or hazing or film where he's like, where are you taking us this time? You know? And it's just fun to uh, take people out there and, and go get, you know, not lost, but uh, to be kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's just, and uh, yeah, I I think it's more rewarding. Is the biggest thing for me is is just the reward yeah. of of the whole thing of all the homework and problem solving and access and yeah, 
and like you said hard snow soft snow whatever if you can rip it and conditions are good enough to ski fast then sign me up <laughs> i love that um shout out to the filmers too for you for every athlete i think at this point those poor fucking guys get the short end of the stick a lot of times yeah you know and i since you're bringing it up i gotta give it up for my man hayes and wilson this guy is such a g he's so good at his job um multi-faceted and you know he he can hike he's fit fit as could be the guy can hike as fast or keep up with me he can ride a sled super well. He's really good with the drone on the sticks, whatever. And above all is like the most positive and genuine and dope dude ever. You like ski a line and he's like more excited than I am. And I get excited. <laughs> yeah. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. And Hazen, he's the ultimate hype man. So big ups to Hazen Wilson. Oh, awesome. That guy is a G. It's a rare find for sure. Oh man. Yeah. I'm so fortunate to have him as part of my team and, and, uh, yeah. And as a friend, love that guy. Awesome. Um, one of the last things I'm going to ask you and then I'll let you get out of here. Uh, what, what happened at this bar where you ended up shooting a cannon? Like what, what the fuck is the story there? Like how did that, in the film it's like very like oh this just happened but like what what went on to get you to the point where you're like now in a close enough relationship with the person that's like there <laughs> where you're like firing off like a civil war yeah bro straight up it was just like so there's one bar in town and we're like man it would be so cool if like that bar is open and we could like go in and like get some shots of us in this old bar right and this is like kind of yeah. a shot that i want to get and we go up to this bar i mean there's four buildings or there's probably a couple dozen buildings actually but there's like maybe four establishments or something and we pull up to that bar and it's closed oh my motherfucker and then i see like smoke billowing out around the corner and i'm like yeah, there's some people over there. I wonder if one of them's like owns the bar. And so they're like out there barbecuing. So I walk over and I'm like, Hey, how's it going guys? Like just start shooting the shit with these guys. And the guy, first thing he says, he's like, Hey, come in here, come inside. He's like, come take a shot with me. I'm like, uh, uh, hold on, dude. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down here. I'm like, are you the bar owner? He's like, Oh, fuck that bar. He's like, we got our own bar. We got our own like speakeasy style bar in here. <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. And so, you know, he's like, I'm like so excited. The boys are like down at the other <laughs> bar, like getting shots of just like the old rusticity of the, the city and whatever else. And I'm like, I just come like sprinting back. I'm like, guys, guys. <laughs> We're going to get some sex shots here. This is going to be real bad. And so these guys were just tuned up. They'd been drinking all day and we rolled in at whatever. Oh my God. Just before sundown. And, you know, we barbecue with them and they're like, okay. So then we all finally get there and I'm like, okay, now we can take shots. Now that I got my boys here, we can all have a shot, whatever, wind down. 
And uh, yeah, so we end up taking a couple shots with these guys, barbecue, have a couple beers. And it was funny because this guy actually, I guess to get back to your story, this guy like wanted to test me for some reason. He's like, oh yeah. He's like, see this old printing press. He's like, turn that wheel and you can get the, see this old printing press, the way it works. You know, it's like this little arm that comes around and stamps and whatever. And I'm like starting to turn the wheel and I'm like, it's binding right here. And he's like, he's like, go ahead, turn that thing as hard as you want. You're not going to break it. I'm like, I don't want to break anything, whatever. He's like, you're not going to break it. I was like, I think it's binding. And I start looking around. Like, I'm pretty good mechanic. You know, I'm really good with my hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I start, like, looking at stuff. And I'm like, oh, dude, this rod's bent. I'm like, you got any tools? He's like, yeah. So, I, like, grab the tools. Take his <laughs> old. It's like this old vintage from the no 1800s printing press that he's had for a decade that's been broken. And I, like, pull these parts off and, like, bend some shit. And I get this thing running. So then you can actually see the shot in the film where I'm like spinning the wheel on it. He's like, holy shit, you got to work in sweet. And then he's like, and this guy was a wealth of knowledge. It was so cool. He knew like everything about this old mining town. And uh, oh, God. at any rate, he's like telling us all these stories about the yada yada. And then he's like, God, check out this bear trap. He's like, you get this clamp and this. He's like, you think you can figure it out? I'm like, guarantee I can figure it out. Let me see that thing, dude. <laughs> so he was like challenging me to um to get this bear to fix all the shit sticking around. To get this bear trap fixed and or get this bear trap working. And then like, you know, he was just like challenging me on all this stuff. And then at one point he just like let loose. He's like, You're the man. He's like, All right. <laughs> and then we were just kind of in. He's like, You guys are staying here tonight. <laughs> Let's do another shot. So oh. we ended up partying with these guys. And, you know, we were like, at some point, uh, Trevor was like, what's up with the cannon? He's like, I want to shoot the cannon. <laughs> and Trevor shot that cannon probably six times that night, dude. It was hilarious. He was just on one. And the dude just kept bringing more gunpowder <laughs> out. Trevor was like packing that thing. And no way. <laughs> and so we all got a turn to fire that thing off. And. Yeah, that was really cool. And like I said, man, it was just like so out of nowhere. And all I was looking for was like a shot of us sitting in this bar with some old memorabilia on the walls. (laughs) But it turned into this crazy kind of party. Yeah, it was fun. I like I like how you're like, oh, he was testing me, but really like this guy was just trying to get you to fix all this shit at his place. (laughs) Right. It's like this fucking guy thinks I'm testing him, dude. Yeah, it was pretty funny. Oh, but that's amazing. Yeah, really cool experience. Oh, um, I can't think of a better way to end than that. It's uh, it's incredible. So what I need now is for you to tell people where they can find Mountain State 2.0, where they can find you, and all that good stuff. Yeah. So to find me is super simple instagram my name is at josh dyak j-o-s-h-d-a-i-e-k my film mountain state 2.0 you can find out on youtube easiest way is just search that mountain state 2.0 and uh yeah that's that oh awesome 
Thank you, buddy. I appreciate the time. I do. I guess it's worth mentioning. I got a pretty sick video coming out here soon that I'm going to share with y'all on the uh, on the old gram. That uh, it's going to get some interesting comments. Let's say. <laughs> <laughs> But kind of banking this. I'm terrified. I've been banking this little shot from last year. It's uh, it's gonna be good. <laughs> gonna be good. I can't wait to see this shit. Uh, if you're saying it's gonna be good, I can't wait to see this shit. Oh yeah, dude. <laughs>